Hello, and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And we welcome you into another episode of Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Before we get started, how was your week? Uh, my week was extremely busy. I've done good. lots of writing and stuff. How was your week? It's good. I didn't get enough work done, but I got a lot of work done, but not enough work done. I'm confused. Yep. Some, but not all. <laughs> that is the theme oh, okay. of my week. Uh, so we're still sheltering in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, this weekend I'm going out of town. Uh, we will have just passed Memorial Day, but it hasn't really happened for us in like it. And hopefully so everybody doesn't act ahead. a total ass. Mm. Uh Yes, a three-day weekend is coming up, That's which will exciting. be nice for you because you have been working nonstop. It has been a very difficult, very, um, yeah, it's been very difficult. Work has been exhausting, so having yeah. an extra day off will be wonderful. Yay, I'll have to work some. <laughs> That's okay. I count myself lucky. So, you want to get into these episodes? Episode, sure, episodes. Well, what, so your week was fine? My week was fine. I got some work done, but not all work. Okay. That was it. I made some cakes. You made some delicious cakes. We gave some away. Yes, we did. So let's talk about night two. Night two. Of TNT's Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Okay. These episodes, episode three and episode four of the series, originally aired on July 19th, 2006. 2006. Do you know where you were on July 19th, 2006? I think I've, I saw a couple of these episodes when they were originally run. Um, but I don't have a strong recollection of where I was other than watching these episodes on television. Hey, remember when I used to look at what happened on this day? Yes, I thought that was a nice feature that you could. So it's a Wednesday, Wednesday. Okay. They aired on Wednesdays. Um, that's all I can tell you. Okay. <laughs> this website was disappointing. Okay, well, there we are. And let's see if, here we go, this is what I want. Take me back to, it'll give me what movies were in cinema, cin- cinema. Uh, looks like. Oh, Lord. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Popular movies from this week include Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, a uh. film I've never seen. The Replacements. Starring Keanu Reeves, a film I have seen, but totally forgot Gene Hackman was in. A movie called Blind Dating with the youngest Chris Pine I've ever seen. I've never heard of it before. But that is a Chris Pine face. He looks... 22? I don't know. He looks very young. uh, John Tucker Must Die, a movie I have seen and did not enjoy. And a movie called The Ant Bully. I don't... This is amazing. What? This is amazing in that I have seen, nor do I care to see, any one of those films. None of them? You've not even seen The Replacements? Come on, no, Keanu is the best. He's a cool uh, breeze over the mountain. Well, yes, a mountain I've never visited. Um, so, yeah, I, that's bizarre. I, that was not a great year for movies. Well, it's one It's one week. I say the whole year. That's literally just one week in 2006 the was not memorable because there were no good movies to watch. Sure. There's a bunch of songs on the top ten in the U.S. Let's see if I've heard of any that of I don't know. But also, oh no, you've heard of some of these. Number two, Gnarls Barkley, Crazy. Oh yes, sure that's on. Number four, Shakira, Hips Don't Lie. Her hips can lie. They can speak in foreign languages. They're, they're amazing. 
and the fray over my head. That is number ten. Okay, that's definitely. Well, it was a better e- year for e- music. Hearts. It was a better week for music than it was for for movies. That's for sure. And on television, we don't need to talk about it. Well, it <laughs> I've awful. literally never heard of any of those shows. What were the shows? I maybe I have. Um, Eureka. Oh wow. Foursome. Drop Dead Gorgeous, Orange Ruffies, which is a type of fish. And then the last thing on here uh, appears to be in journal. Okay. So it's possible that these are worldwide television right. shows. And, and I think just... Eureka, if that was the sci-fi channel Eureka, that would be the only show by that name I remember. It might not be, though. And I don't remember when that was from, just that there was, it was the title of it, a TV show on sci-fi. And Science Took a Step Back. In a $235 to $193 er, (laughs) member vote in the U.S. House of Representatives, fell short of a two-thirds majority needed to override President George W. Bush's first-ever veto of a bill intended to reauthorize federal funding of embryonic stem cell research. The stem cell controversy. (laughs) So that's what was happening. Okay. Movies were, movies, yeah, movies were taking two steps back. Not great. It wasn't, wasn't wonderful. So that's what was happening. It was 2006. I was 26 years old. I don't think I had a television. <laughs> um, when did I meet you? Uh, when you, I was 24. Okay, so we were already We friends were now. friends. Okay, good. Um, I believe at this time we might have even lived together or I was um, living on Channing. Okay. Any who's. This TV show was on. It was on at 8 and it was on at 9. I presume it was on at 8 and the 9. It may have gone on at 9 and 10. It's TNT. Who knows? Who knows? Who was the the cable station that used to run things five minutes off the hour? TBS. Okay, yes. (laughs) And I kind of wish they still did. It was very annoying. Yeah. But um, but it really and I don't know sure. when they stopped doing it. It seems to no fanfare at all. When yes, when I was a child and mm-hmm. teenager and into my young adulthood, TBS was five minutes off. All of TBS's start times were oh five or thirty five. Right. I just so that if you, I guess if it was. 8.05 and your show had already started, you could just be like, well, I don't want to watch this because it's already in progress, so I'm going to watch this thing that's just starting? Well, I can understand why it happened. Did they do um, it to offset commercials? I think they did it because it interrupted with your television schedule other places, which was fine until people learned how to use VCRs or well, DVRs. Well, that's the thing, yeah. Then that became a useless tactic that just But it also people. just feels like... Well, if you're going to be the asshole, then I'm just going to ignore what's on your channel. Like, that's how I look at it. But, I mean, you'd want to see that last five minutes of a movie. And that's a good way to lead you into another movie. Lead you into the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a clever idea that did not... uh, And only one channel ever did it, which is wild to me. Like, I'm surprised there wasn't a five minutes before channel and an every 15 minutes channel. And like, but no, it was just TBS. (laughs) Five minutes. Very odd. All right. First up, Omni's Last Case, starring one William H. Macy and another lots William of, H. Macy. Right, and lots of dames. That, that Many dames, yes. So the synopsis of this one mm-hmm. is, after 
Oh yes, we're gonna. It spoils it right off the be- right. Uh, right off the bat. After the death of his son, a writer writes himself into his into the story and forces his lead character, a hard-boiled detective from the 1930s, also played by Macy, to switch places with him. Now, so we open with Clyde Umney, and he uh-huh. is a Chandler hard-boiled detective. Like right. He is all the stereotypes and is intended to be and all of the here's stereotypes. Here's the point that we should make. He is a stereotype. He is not yes. as complex as Sam Spade or Philip Marlowe no, or any is, of them. He is... He is floof. Uh, the only floof. significant characteristic we have about him, which is really weird, is that he has bad breath. Well, because that's that. mentioned at least twice. Oh, that's funny. So, he... Simultaneously has no cases, uh, is in love with one woman, but is sleeping with all of the women, literally all of the women we right. see he has slept with, but he believes that his dream girl is this one woman. Uh-huh. And we don't see him detecting, really. Not really. We see him, um, it's almost as if we've joined it in media arrest. Yes, of course. So there's people shooting at him. There's yes. Cases half solved, but we don't have, um, yeah, we're not following him through a case. Through a case. Because the, well, the story development is going to take a different direction. A different direction. And that direction is he goes back to the office and there is another man who looks just like him, mm-hmm. only he's wearing modern day clothes. Yes. And doesn't have a mustache. And he says, he's basically, it's stranger than fiction. Uh-huh. You're my creation. Uh, do you even know what year it is, he says. And he can't put a year on it. And he goes, that's because I don't know what right. year it is. It's like vaguely 1936 to 1938. Uh, and he asks, like, what are your parents' names? And he can't, Clyde and he can't tell him. And, and it turns out he's like, um, I've always wanted to be a detective, so I'm going to stay here. I'm going to kick you out into the real world. What are the physics of that? Mm. No, we've discussed <laughs> this before. Stephen King has ideas. Yes. Or, as a teacher in sixth grade or fourth grade, used to tell me, ideas. She was Southern. Ideas. So, Stephen King has ideas. He does not think them through so well sometimes. Well, it's Simon. Therefore, time can be reversed by fixing a clock that's been broken. Yeah. Oh, God. I so, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is obviously, this, this is not well thought out. It's the science fiction of it all. Yeah. He's... He's great at the visceral, like evoking a feeling, uh-huh. but not really in explaining the how and why we got to the evoking of right. said feeling. So because he says so, Clyde Omni bobs up in the pool uh-huh. and, you know, goes up to the house naked and so if you is let in. So naked, if you didn't have enough of... Well, Unity I mean, TNT naked, so let's not get crazy. The cooler, away. you get more. T- oh, that's right. He is, he, but amazing. he's actually naked in the cooler, right. uh, which is about the same time. Kind of yeah, I think like so. It was a very funny statement he made at the time that thought, well, God, I kept in shape for so many years thinking I was going to have a scene like this, and then, and then you're like, you're I'm like, middle-aged I'm 45, before, right? there's like, no way it's going to happen, and then they're like, strip. His wife, or... We should say the writer's wife. What mm. is the writer's name? I forgot. Sam Leandry. Leandry. Sam Leandry. 
uh, his, Landry's wife opens the door, and I don't, it's hard, here's where I lose the track of this one. Okay. Does she believe that he has tied on me? Yes. Or does he think, she think that her husband has had a mental break? This is one of the issues that I have with this episode that we'll go into more, but everyone just sort of accepts this at face it. value. Yep. There's no moment of existential dread at what is happening. No, it's just like, oh no, this seems like a thing that a writer could definitely do, and has apparently other writers have done it, because this is not, she believes that he is Clyde on me from jump, which, now he has facial hair that he did not have before, and, but he, if my husband, or if a man who looked almost exactly like my husband, started shouting that he was the figment of my husband's imagination, who had been pushed out into the real world, I'd be like, Oh no, I need to call the nice men in the white coats to come and take him away because he's clearly had some sort of psychotic break. Right. But not in this. She is not only 100% believing of it, she is on board because she wants that omni love. <laughs> yeah, sure. yes, I know. I saw, I saw the, the, the flash in your eyes. Um, the, that's, it does not take more than, in the terms of the story, a couple of hours before she pushes him on top of a desk and takes advantage of him. She, the, she he and, okay, so let's talk about Sam Landry. Sam Landry. Sam Landry mm-hmm. uh, is a workaholic, uh-huh. possibly an alcoholic, uh, a person who does not pay attention to his family very much and is pretty self-important. And his son died, drowned in the pool, uh-huh. said pool, the pool that Ami came out of. And so he can't, and he can't take it. And he and his wife have basically, like, they're living they're together, but they're not, household. yes, yeah. they're not, they're not a unit anymore. And so he's like, I fuck the real world. I hate it out there. So um, I created you. So I'm going to send you as my doppelganger to go, to, like, deal, like, live out there, and I'm going to take your space in here, which. Right. Like I said, what? How? There was no genie. There is no monkey's paw. There is no wish made. He just decides this is definitely a thing I can do, and then right. he goes ahead and does it. So the the power of the writer's mind, <laughs> which that's a, that's a. I don't want my stories to come true because they're terrifying. So yes, <laughs> and then right. Well, but Stephen King would be very on board with that particular premise, mm. right? Right. As a writer. That's well, I don't know, because his story is also... the power of God. People die cruelly for no particular reason, so it's not a world that you'd want to live in, really. Which one? Oh, his? Yes, like, his Like, Omni's world? Okay, yeah. Uh, and... And then... And and uh, then Omni wants back in, and and uh, Landry doesn't want to doesn't let him. I don't even remember how this thing ends. Well, it doesn't end, and here's the unfortunate part. Uh, the wife commits suicide when she realizes uh, she comes home and discovers that Omni is chasing after the pool girl. The pool girl, that's right. Who is a, a dead ringer for his secretary, who he also that's... used to chase around a desk with no pants on. Right. And um, she becomes very upset, and in a parallel to the opening scene, in the fantasy world of Omni, where a, a woman in uh, comes in and threatens suicide when she discovers that Omni is unfaithful to her, That's right. as he is to everyone else. Even though she is a married woman. Right. She, she <laughs> yes. uh, 
perches on the top of a building and leaps off. That's and right. And commits suicide. And Omni's one true love inside of Omni's world also commits suicide. Right, because the author forces it to happen so that he has less to anchor less him to the world. Less to anchor him to the world, that's right. So it's actually, it's, it's pretty horrible the way that he treats Omni, who does not know that he's a fictional character. And so when uh, the author, what's his name again? Sam Landry. When Landry's wife commits suicide, uh, Omni is, and this is the part that confuses me, stuck in the real world now living with the pool girl inside of Landry's house. Yes. Vowing that he will learn how to write so that he can create reality for himself and for Landry in revenge. And that's how the story ends. Him sitting at a kitchen table working with the pool girl over his shoulder while he begins to remember things that Landry remembered that he didn't know that he knew. Oh, okay. You know, uh, and it's a quote from Hemingway that a writer wakes up every morning with his mouth full of bile or... Um, oh, so, that's right. He's like, I don't, yes. I don't know that. Like, so they're be, basically, he's stealing his identity, right? The way that Landry has stolen, stolen his, his life, uh, Omni's identity. Yeah. So, um, between you and me and yeah. the listening public, this story made no sense to me at all. Yeah, it, it was terrible, and there's not a really another way of saying it. I don't, I don't, I don't want to use the word terrible here mm-hmm. because it was. Macy was making a meal of it. He mm-hmm. was enjoying himself. Right. And I enjoyed that part of it. The women in this were the fucking worst. They could because they were all stereotypes. They were mm-hmm. Chandler-esque right. stereotypes. So femme fatale, ingenue, right. uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And therefore they were not like human beings. But the the complete Lack of a how or why. Right. Or even a nod to a how or why. Like, if they could just be like, you know, like writers do on the third, you know, the third full moon of every year. Right. This is a thing that just happens in the universe. There's none, nothing even like that. So it's just like, you know, when Landry's wife immediately is like, oh, yeah, you're totally Clyde on mm-hmm. me. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how? So odd, so 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 weird. So it was an interesting watch, but if you have even a modicum of disbelief, mm-hmm. it, the whole thing just disintegrates. Well, I um, I had a different point of view because I read Farewell, My Lovely, and The Big Sleep, and Chandler's characters are better developed than the stories. Of course, they're, they're well, not, we're also looking these are at like a the short film story. versions right. of those female characters that were abbreviated for the movies. And it's trying to recall movies that were much better than... So it's like he basically speaks in uh, slogans and catchphrases. Yes, un- entire entirely, time. 100%. But it's on purpose. Uh-huh. It's right. not like I Stephen King couldn't write and a good hard-boiled detective. Right. He's not. That he's writing a hack both. hard-boiled detective. He's, he's and I really would have loved... Um, and this is a creative decision, so I hate when people go, I would have liked it if this happened. Because yeah, I know I you didn't. do hate, hate when that but, happens. If I had done the episode in that part of the episode in black and white, at least that would have that would have been created cool. more of um, especially given the various sort of tricks, visual tricks, right. that Some of these other they were, and it, so it wasn't pulling it off because it wasn't putting it firmly into that world. It just seemed like it. And again, I'll say this as a writer. All right, even if I don't know 
a character's, or I'd never tell a character's first name, I know it. So the idea of a writer who's written a string of successful books and does not have the least idea where the character comes from, right. what year it's set in, that feels awfully fake to me. Interesting. And, and, and so, yeah, I don't ever mention my character's first name or where they were born, but I know it. Right. And so the idea that the, that the author's well, making it up on the fly. you write genre fiction in the same way. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there are like romance authors that don't know all of that information because they need a strong male lead and a you know, somewhat strong female lead. But it's, <laughs> he's trying to convince you that there's stuff. a readership for it and he's made a great deal of money that but way. But he also says it's what I've come up with is good enough for my readers. Which means he doesn't have a whole lot of respect for his readers. Right, which is another thing. He's kind of a a jerk. And also, as we pointed out, it just seems like everyone falls into step with, yeah, that's happening. And the wife's first impulse is basically to get laid. Yeah. That's what she wants. Uh, Yes. Which is, which is, uh, that's fine. And very much like what we had with, um, when we did Halloween 3, we have a, a male lead who is mysteriously irresistible to women. Well, left and right. He's been written that way, though. Right. I, right? I, because uh-huh. Sam Landry has made Omni look like Sam Landry, right. right? And so he has imbued him with this, uh, this unknowable character, this je ne sais quoi, right. right? That makes him. This quality that makes him irresistible, irresistible to the opposite to sex. the ladies. And a lot of that is probably just con- confidence. Right. You know what I mean? And it, he's a writer who, with a following who believes that his characters exist, apparently. Right. Like, I'm now I'm putting strength in fiction. Yeah. Sort of. Uh, I think you're investing more into this than, than the filmmakers did because it just seems like a sketch. It's, there's no details to it or real depth at all. And I think instead of showing us uh, four different women that he's sleeping with, he could have shown us the relationship, because I feel like this failed at a writing level. Yeah. Um, you could have shown us just the relationship to the one woman that he's mourning so badly that he has to get back at his author um, or his creator. So there's an element of Frankenstein to it. Yeah. Yes. Um, but the wife, for instance, is disposed of with so little sympathy that you don't really feel anything for it. Like It doesn't make any sense. When she dies, it's not a tragedy. Uh, the author feels it in the fantasy world, but Omni doesn't care because he already hooked up with another girl who's now living in the house. And the, again, is yeah. one of those stories that doesn't make any sense. So and how does the, he explain this when the police come and say your wife committed suicide? Oh, you had the pool girl living with you? Well, time has passed. I think it says six months later. So time has passed. Uh-huh. Or maybe I'm thinking of the next one. What yeah, I, I think you're thinking of the next one. think is interesting. No, because some time has definitely right. passed. But still, it's... It because just, the woman has to move in. It right. can't just happen, you know, automatically. There are big changes from the book. In the book, Omni finds out that he's got a terminal cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. But then he gets his final client, who's Sam Landry, crime right. fiction author who created him. He has suffered the loss of his wife and child, that and then so suffered from the sh- from shingles. He took an overdose of medication and found himself in the world of his creation. That makes so this much. This feels more a lot sense. more like Cool World at this point. I just yeah, listened that, to the head of the would be worth watching, right? And, and this, it explains right. how that happened. And then he says that 
he demonstrates that his will is the law in the world mm-hmm. that like make it probably making somebody kill themselves. Right. And uh, Omni is cast into oblivion. He thinks, but no, he wakes up in 1994, occupying the vacated body of his creator. And he also hates the ugly, bland, and generally inadequate nature of the real world. And he announces that he has begun to practice the craft of writing so that he might return to his fictional home in order to take back his that, that's a lot better. world and, and Landry's, which might be what they're trying to get at at the end of this one. Like, mm-hmm. if he can get himself in control of the world, then he can put himself back in that. Well, which, yeah, that sounds so much better because what we had was a succession of very attractive actresses in short skirts chasing after him. We had characters that show up and that don't really have any depth to them. If you'd given me a single tragedy I cared about, aside from the death of the kid, which isn't really a motivating factor here. It's no, it doesn't seem like... He doesn't, doesn't ever seem sad about it. Right. He seems like, you know, his life has been turned upside down. Right. And he's sad about that. But it, I don't get a lot of loss no. from Sam, La- Sam Landry, like a feeling of loss. I, I don't. And so, I, I yeah, that this episode... Mostly because he comes in like a swinging dick. He's right. like, I can do whatever I want here. This right. place looks and pretty there's, good. There's something else, too. And it's too. like, well, His you contempt like for his audience. Yeah. His contempt for writing. Yeah. I mean, at one point, he makes a point of saying that all, all uh, authors are thieves. I mean, uh, I... Well, agree as a uh, person who writes. Right, I agree with that to an extent. Right, but he's so cynical about it. Yeah, he's that's so cynical fair. about what he's making money off of that's and fair. who he's exploiting for this. Yes, and then he's so callous about the lives of the people that he's created too. It yeah. just comes across. He comes across as a a jerk, and you're kind of rooting for Umni to get him somehow. Yeah, um, might. Yeah, I, I there was a, a story. I used to have a subscription to Alfred Hitchcock's Mystery Magazine. And there's a story that I will do my best to try to find um, the author and the title to exactly. The idea there was an author with a successful creation that he kills off on paper because he wants to start a different kind of literary career. And uh, also the premise of the Dead Zone? Uh, the one with Timothy Hutton. Oh. Um, I always get that title wrong. The Dark Half. The Dark Half. Right. In this one, he, he says, uh, it's a Western story that he's okay. writing. And so-and-so meets his maker, and then this very dirty cowboy who hasn't bathed in 300 pages shows up at his front door and walks around barefoot and eats his food and basically makes a nuisance of himself. And you're left with the the proposition that he's going to rewrite the story so that the character survives and then realizes that Arthur Conan Doyle killed Sherlock Holmes and then had a chain-smoking cocaine addict sitting around his sofa for days and days and days and then promptly brought him back. So yeah. I was hoping it would be something more like that because there's a lot that you can do with that. Yeah. Definitely. But this was, yeah. So let's leave it behind and let's move to episode four. I shall not look back. The end of the whole mess. Spoiler uh, alert, everybody. It's my favorite one so far. Really? You yes. liked it? Okay. This is my favorite one so far. So this one is narrated by Ron Livingston playing Howard Fornoy. Mm-hmm. He is a bad documentary filmmaker. I mean, he's an award-winning documentary filmmaker, but whoever designed the documentary film elements of this uh-huh. is not good. <laughs> like, I didn't... That was the one thing where I was like... Really? Uh-huh. This is falling apart for me. And um, 
Henry Thomas plays his little brother, who is a genius. His name is Bobby. And what has happened is Howard is, we call him Bow Wow. Mm-hmm. Bow Wow is talking directly into a recording. He is at a cabin. He has 40 minutes to tell his story, at which point he is going to be dead. <laughs> um, this is all stuff we get right off the bat. And he says, and I've just killed my brother, your savior. You may know him as your savior. And when we pull out later, we do see his body on the couch. Mm-hmm. So we recount the tale of Bow Wow and Bobby always together. Uh, Bow Wow is five years older than his little brother, but his little brother is talking at one, mm-hmm. reading at two, very, very advanced. He's, he's graduated college in, in his teens. He uh, doesn't, he can't find his niche. He st- uh-huh. he, oh, he doesn't, I'm sorry, he doesn't graduate college. He never graduates college right. because he can't stick with one thing to study for long enough to go ahead and get a degree. But he studied a bunch of different things and he uh, has in, inventions. He basically builds Da Vinci's flying machine at one point, right? And we see that's that scene, which is, a, I like that scene. And then, you know, when he's about 21, 22, he comes home and he's distraught and he's like, the climate is bad and like everything is, everybody's terrible to each other. The news is all bad. Hey, y'all, wait for it. It's yeah. going to get worse. Because uh, <laughs> this is, this is, you know, we're looking at headlines from 2003, 2004, 2000, well, 2001, 2003, 2004, 2005. Like that. And like that. This uh, originally was published in 1986, so they added more information to bring Mm -hmm. it up to to date. It was included in the book Nightmares and Dreamscapes in 1993 and in Wasteland Stories of the Apocalypse in 2008. Spoiler alert. So, he, Bobby, creates, uh, it's not a potion, but we'll go ahead and call it a potion, a calmative, a beer, and it, it chills people out, basically. Uh, so he sticks his, as by way of uh, description, he sticks his hand in a hive of bees, mm-hmm. honeybees, and he only is stung once or twice. Right. Because bees disembowel themselves when they sting you. Like, they really have to, like, this is the end of their life. Right. So they really have to mean it, right? Wasps, on the other hand, have smooth stingers so they can stab, st- right. they can sting you with no repercussion. And bees are barbed. And so bees are they barbed. Are more or less so on they... a kamikaze mission every time they right. defend their, their hive. So he gives some of the comative to the hornets with mm. the smooth stingers that, once again, no retribution mm-hmm. for stinging. So why wouldn't I? Right. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> if you're going to get in my space, I'm going to sting you. And he is not stung. And to the point where he throws the, the hornet's nest across a room. I didn't like that part. It stressed me out very much to prove to his brother that he has chilled these animals out. And he's like, I... I need money. And at this point, um, Howard 
or Bow Wow, is mm-hmm. a, a very accomplished filmmaker, documentarian. He's mm-hmm. won an Oscar. They, he's won a bunch of awards. So he can gather some money. Like, he has rich friends and he can gather money. And he does fund Bobby's goal, which is to synthesize a concentrate of this calmative. Mm-hmm. Drop it in a Active volcano. volcano. Which has been shown, and this is real. Uh, this I believe mm-hmm. is actually yes. real science, which is why it actually holds up. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Stephen King probably read like an Atlantic article. He read an article like, about Krakatoa. <laughs> yeah, something like and that. And he got the very interesting details of how that works. How that works. So, it's been shown mm-hmm. that there are particles from that from Krakatoa mm-hmm. uh, everywhere in the world. When it exploded, the at the height that it exploded, mm-hmm. it dispersed matter that started there everywhere in the world. And so he is going to drop this into an active volcano that will have a, I guess it, in this case, this volcano apparently was on a tight schedule and right. they could predict when it was going to go off. That's not how volcanoes work, but that's fine. Uh, unless it was like a geyser type situation. So maybe, I don't... Old faithful volcano. Yeah, sure. Uh, and... He wants people to bathe in it. He wants them to drink it, brush their teeth in it, have it be in the rain that soaks their skin. He wants to chill everybody out. And he does. He drops it in. And after three years, we see that there are peace talks. Wars have gone down. Everybody is nice to everyone. And then mom, their own mother... Uh, is diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and when Bow Wow tells Bobby, Bobby's like, ooh, so... <laughs> so, here's the thing about what I did three years ago. The... Here's the side effects of hydroxychloroquine. Yes, right. The side effects to this calmative is Alzheimer's. Yeah. And Alzheimer's, I don't know how many of our, or how familiar, uh, dementia and Alzheimer's will kill you. Mm-hmm. Not by their symptoms, but by the way that they leave you unable to care for yourself. Right. You forget to eat, you forget to toilet yourself, you forget to clean yourself, you forget your medications. Right. Eventually, your brain, your your automatic functions also cease. So you stop breathing, you stop digesting, you stop being able to swallow, and then you succumb. So, uh, as as terrible on as Alzheimer's is on a personality level, as you watch the person that you care about forget you, it's also doing physical damage. Mm-hmm. So. Bobby's like, so um, I basically just killed the entire population of the world. Oops, my fucking bad. Whoops. Uh, and then he asks Bow Wow to basically give him an overdose of this drug because he cannot live with himself, which he does do. And then he, of course, takes his own uh, overdose so that he also will die. And he's telling the story into the camera as we go. And I fucking love this 
episodes so much. So tell me why. I'm okay. curious. There are a few reasons. One, mm-hmm. I really like Ron Livingston and Henry Thomas. I think they both okay. are very good actors, and I think they are both very good in this. And I also mm-hmm. like them as brothers. Like I was like, yep, right. I buy it, I believe it, and I like it. I love stories of big ideas gone wrong. Okay. I do. Uh-huh. I like when people swing for the fence. I prefer when their swing doesn't cause the annihilation of humanity. <laughs> That's a bummer. But at least we went out having come to some semblance of peace. Like, that's legitimately how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it as a don't rush into... If something looks too good to be true, right. fucking do the tests. Do the tests to see what the side effects are. This is a thing that is particularly hitting me now as we're like, we've got we've got vaccines we can put in people right now and then they're going to be, these live subjects are then going to be given uh, COVID-19 and see how these vaccines Mm -hmm. hold up. And no vaccine has ever taken less than four years and it's been four months. And I'm just like, like... Well, I understand why, um, we are desperate for solutions. I brought up hydroxychloroquine. Uh, oh, chloroquine, yeah. Um, in that it's one of those things where this will work. or Because I, you're speaking to someone who was almost a thalidomide baby. Right. I right. came and back And he close. brings up right. all of these medications. The thalidomide is one of the things he right. brings up. That there was that the... The um, the consequences for it were unforeseen and really, really Really, really horrible. terrible, yes. Um, I, I just, I believed this story. Mm-hmm. I believed this relationship. I believed a genius who could see doing good and, and avoiding the pathways to get there. Right. And going and doing it on his own. I'm very afraid of what Elon Musk might do on any given day he has too much money and no oversight uh, no oversight and and no respect for power structures no, yeah. so at any time he could do some shit like this mm-hmm. you know what i mean like bill gates could do some shit like this like right. this is why i think that m- money needs to be more distributed it's like that's too much it's too much power for one person, even a person who's totally in a position of, I just want to do good for mm-hmm. humanity. That's all I want. And then to just whip it so fucking I, I think that I, I felt very odd about this one, or rather it appealed to me as a very odd sort of story because it doesn't have, there's not um, a great deal of suspense to the narrative, there's nothing. No, you like do that. come in it's in a just, thing where you're like, well. Right, the only question is why did he kill his brother that he obviously loves so much? Right, right. And that's the only real question to the story. The rest of it is laid out very matter of factly, uh, the, the progress of his ideas and the fact that no one says no to him just because they believe that he knows best or they go along with him. Um, even, and it's possible in the story they don't start out, like, because he starts out, I mm, just killed my brother. Right. And I'm, I've got 40 minutes. But to see, that was the only suspense to the story to me is the fact that why did he kill his brother? He, uh, what we get chronologically is how much he loves his brother, how close they are together. 
And how the brother makes his decision to make... Well, he makes a decision for the entire world. He does. And One I person, think that well, two people. The concept of it, uh, we discussed a few weeks ago about how um, desperation, right, had a huge yes. theological idea, yes. but just kind of really told it in such a pedestrian way that the, the scope of the idea gets lost. Mm -hmm. And I think this one's a little bit better because the story's much shorter. And so it can focus on a really big idea, which is uh, basically the same con uh, the same um, idea that Anthony Burgess has in Clockwork Orange. Yes. Can you force people to do the right thing? You're taking away their choice, so right. you're Im imputing their freedom or impinging on their freedom. What's the word I want to use? Yeah, impinging. But, uh, impinging on their freedom. Yeah, sure. It it's a word that Although looks like I can't that. even have a conversation about impinging pinching on people's freedom. Well, in the context of what happens now, <laughs> yes. yes, which is ridiculous where people feel that their freedom is more important than other people's right to live. But he makes this choice for the entire world. Yes. And he... And he's able to do that because of money. Right. And he's, access. He's right. able to do it. And, and what, his brain. I mean... What winds up happening is that it just kills everyone in a really horrible really way. Really horrible way. Yeah. So it's an interesting story. I think it's kind of... Um, Traditionally, the science fiction uh, heroes, like Captain Nemo, things like that, tend to want to create their own separate reality and live there. But this guy wants to change the entire world. And just like you said... Well, he wants to fix the world, which well, is a dangerous... If right. you think you can fix the entire world, you might be a megalomaniac if... If you say you're the only solution... Right. See our current president who does believe that he is the solution, the end-all, be-all solution to right. whatever, because his brain is the best. I, mm. This guy was right. Like, his idea is a good one. But hey, uh -huh. buddy. Hey, buddy. Study all the effects. Well, again, he's And kind he of also, a... I think, felt like he was on a timeline. The, the implication is that we were on a collision course with nuclear war, right. and that would have just ended us that But way. he's an intellectual dilettante. Had he spent more time studying any one field that involved what he wanted to do, he could have come up with the he, idea. There's he, a reason why you have double-blind studies. There's a reason why you... He say, we couldn't have projected that this exact same thing that happened... Because this, this place comes from a place in the rainforest, right. La Plata is the name of it, which feels very much like the passage. There mm -hmm. is this magic water there, right. and, and that's where vampires come from. Right. It's the same... And they're like, um, you know, we couldn't have seen that the same the same thing that happens there would happen to everybody. And I'm like, but ex but you could see that because right. here's the thing, you extrapolated the good out, right? And you see the bad. You should have Which been able like to extrapolate. No one should operate independently in a vacuum. That's right. what peer-reviewed studies are for. Yes. But yes, it was a really interesting idea. I, I, I still, I think my favorite of the episodes so far has been the first one that yeah. we watched, but this and one had... Yeah, we're going to... Well, and I don't... We yeah, uh, still haven't seen the back half. Right. Um, I mean, we saved it so far. I'm not but saying, at the end, yes. let's do a ranking. Like, yeah. at the, on the last episode of this, let's do a ranking of what our favorites are. Because I thought this was fairly good. I think the, the issue is that it's a very... It's a traditional piece of storytelling for a short story. Yes. It's very strange to see it translated cinematically. I really liked, and I also like, like, I also was like, I, as much as I'm afraid of what they did mm -hmm. and their ability to do it, right. I, I understood it. Yeah. Like, I was like, 
I am on, like, I get, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get what you're afraid of, and I get wanting to fix it. Like, I get it. Uh, And so that was why I really... Well, especially now. And once again, these two actors I really like. But I mean, you can project our current situation on if somebody could fix this, Uh, I'd be willing to take the risk to fix it. Yeah, if somebody could fix it where every conversation didn't fucking end in, fuck you racist, fuck you cuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I, I just, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if we could get past that, that would be... And I do like the sort of moral, cool his idea. reasoning, too. Create a situation to where the cost of violence is so injurious to you that you don't have the urge to do it anymore. Right. And so, and yeah, just kind of, big ideas you can much better handled. You can sort of step back and go... It, it's very much in line with the Chris Rock's Guns could be free, but right. bullets should cost five thousand dollars. Right. Like, it needs to mean something. Yeah. To take this violent action needs to mean something, or or you know what I mean. Right. There needs to be a consequence to self that doesn't involve bringing other people into it. Like my only consequence, like I don't punch you in the face because you will punch me in the face. That's a bad. That's not a great. Reason, yeah. especially if I'm way bigger and you're way smaller, because then I don't think that I don't have to worry about that. That yeah, the response. repercussions. The of repercussions. Your so to have something just innate of like w- violence is not the first. Like aggression isn't the first response I have to yeah. being rankled in some way. Yeah. Instead, it's you know pulling out a beer or whatever. Because they go to La Plata. There's uh. this this this. This very funny and, I mean, borderline racist scene of they're they're in La Plata, which I believe is supposed to be in southern uh, South America somewhere. And they are, I believe, at the airport and they watch a fender bender happen. And it's two big dudes that hit each other. And they get out of their car and... Everyone is expecting them to like well, all the the, the Bobby is right. expecting them to or not Bobby um Bow Wow is expecting them to fight like mm-hmm. uh like in America <laughs> and they kind of throw up their hands and they're like oh my truck oh this is terrible you want to get you want to have a beer like they both right. pull out beer and just drink and they like hug and it's fine. <laughs> Because it's property damage and nobody, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, how dare you touch my shit? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't any of that. And that is what he's trying to impart on everybody else. Like, why do we have to go to violence first? Let's see if we can find a way to not do that. Well, that was the dictum when I first learned martial arts. You train for one year, you can fight one person. You train for five years, you fight five people. You train for ten years, you fight nobody. Yes. Because the idea now is, I can kill somebody. I don't have to. Don't I to. don't have to. If the basis for my aggression is my fear of injury, and I take away that fear of injury and know that I can take care of myself, that I don't have to react with aggression towards everyone who's trying to be aggressive toward me. Right. I no longer have to protect my ego because I know myself. Yep. There's a big piece of ego. Right. Ego so and that's, letting go of ego with that as well. Yeah. Right. So that's it's kind of that concept. So I said I, I agree. It's a really good big idea. It's better handled than in desperation. It's not as ham-fisted as it was there, where we're going to punch you over the head with this idea. Even though it's an interesting idea, it's more sophisticated than it sounds. But this one kind of 
it, it got it across maybe because there were restrictions. We didn't have three and a half hours to tell you the story. We're telling yeah. it to you in an hour, and we're going to get the central image across to you. It's not deliberately Alzheimer's in the book. It's basically, it eliminates aggression to the point of not, of no self-preservation. Self-preservation, okay. Right. Thus, you know, memory lapses, but then also that autonomic nervous Uh system shutdown. But that's, so that's the end of the whole mess. And so far, it's my favorite one. All right. Next week, I'm just going to read the titles. I'm not reading the thing. We're, re- we're watching episodes five and six, and they are The Road Virus Heads North and The Fifth Quarter. Okay. All of these, once again, available on YouTube for free. Yes, the quality is bad. It is not so good. I am sorry about it. But it's there, and it's free. Or you could pay $5 a piece. Yeah, I would not pay $5 for Omni. <laughs> or no, for that I matter, wouldn't. for Crouch End. Yeah. Unless you really I, like So far, I've money. really liked one and didn't like the other for every night right. so far. So I'm just curious. To yeah, see the if qualities that's... are sort of pitched over. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That seems to be where I'm at right now. And I, I'm curious about how the rest of it, because there's what, two more episodes? or f- four? We're halfway through. Right. Two more shows, but four more episodes. Yes. We're okay. going to do two more shows of, yes, two episodes of each. So, in the meantime, until next week, do you have any recommendations for our listener? I don't this week. I was gonna, are you, you're not going to blood quantum? I think, you know, here's the issue. I appreciate that movie, but it's hard to recommend because it is the most violent thing I've seen in a long time. I saw a baby being eaten. And you are not wrong. That did, in fact, happen in that film. And I, I was, it was one of those moments where I'm going, I really appreciate this cast. I really appreciate telling the story from this point of view. We talk about having stories about the American experience, and here is the American, exp- you know, these are Americans. And it's phrased in such a clever way, and there's such good touches, but um, it's hard to recommend a movie that is this over-the-top gory. That's fair. And so I feel bad about that, because I want to, but I know the director has more work out there that I would like to see, mm-hmm. and maybe I can find something that will be a little less you know, in-your-face offensive oh, to yuck. people. Because I think there was. I mean, like I said, baby being eaten. And, yes. and there's so That's many... That's a real thing that happened. There's so many spoiler... I mean, not spoiler. So many trigger warnings in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Involving the killing of animals and calling but if you have people. But if you have a subscription to Shudder, which is where it lives... Right. Maybe it's your jam. And, and maybe that's <laughs> it. But there, there's things with chainsaws, things with... It's, it's very a, hard to take. Um, but that having been said, it's a very good movie that makes a point, and it's switching... It's a zombie movie. Right. It is a hard R, if it was in a theater, it's right. a hard R zombie movie. And to explain what the movie is is about, there is a zombie plague. Again, no one knows where it comes from or what it does, which is kind of common these days. Um, uh, th- that's a gift from George Romero. Never have to explain it. Nope. And um, Walking Dead never does. Yeah. The Walking Dead But I mean, does. starting with Night of the Living Dead, it never explains where the zombies, co- where these creatures come from. Um... And uh, it's done in a really wonderful scene where a man's gutting fish and the fish won't die. I think that was a really neat touch. Um, yes, I've never seen that. Right. And I've seen a lot of zombie movies, even though they are not my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
For the aforementioned reasons, I'm sure. And I, I was like, yeah. that's an image I've never seen. That's cool as hell. Right. And so it takes place mostly, and it's Canada, right? A Native American it reservation. It is. They are, Rutgers. yes. And it's about people on First the road. First Nations, they call them. Who's, I'm sorry. No, you don't. Have I mean, I don't have to apologize. That's me. So, <laughs> But um, they discover that this zombie, of lack of a better word, uh, disease does not affect indigenous people. It's a white people. man's disease. Right. We don't know if it's a black man's disease. What we know is it's not of an, an indigenous person's disease. And they can't be affected by it. So they can be bitten, they can be gored, but they cannot be yeah, they, turned. Yes, they can be killed uh, violently, but they won't turn. Right. Yes. And so this is a reverse of the way that small power, oh, excuse me, Smallpox yes. and other European diseases decimated the, the indigenous population. It's just the opposite. Now, the indigenous population is immune to these horrible diseases that sweep yes, around. Yes, and it does death. a very interesting job of not making all of... It's a large cast of uh-huh. indigenous actors, right. uh, many of whom are fucking assholes. <laughs> right. No, it's, at no point is portraying them. This They're is not, not... Right. It's not putting them on a pedestal. This is not Billy it's Jack. Just, We're not yeah. seeing glorified holy Indians who you know spread the gospel of peace to the world. We're not seeing... Um, Nor are they just that... Right. Um, Noble savage. No, which uh, you would get the, which because right. it's also made by an indigenous director and right. writer. So, so yeah. that's that's why I mentioned Billy Jack. You know, there's, there's yeah. very righteous Indians who, when all else fails, do kung fu and beat you up. Um, sure. <laughs> hey, those <laughs> were not? fun. That's how the world got to know about Korean martial arts. Was Billy Jack, but um, and there's an interesting dynamic where one of the Native American people has a white girlfriend who's yeah. pregnant yeah. and she keeps trying to get more people into she's trying to rescue her own people her own people and there's a really and they're there, fucking it up there are really great <laughs> moments there's one moment that is so subtle that if you didn't get the context of it, it you wouldn't understand how funny and how sharp it was which is the infection gets spread on surfaces so one man brings in a blanket a blanket and yeah. the, the callback to settlers just like, distributing. You can't have that here, and I'm just like, yeah, right. they don't. Distributing want their blankets to Native that. Indigenous people that were infected with the smallpox. That was a, a, a germ warfare tactic. Yeah. That you know that that comes. He just throws the blanket to one side. It's like no, you can't no, bring that in here. There are some great moments in this movie, but again, my it's extraordinary. My reluctance violent. to re- recommend it is that it is really violent and really gory, and so if. If a guy getting his head chopped in half by a chainsaw is not your thing, then... And that's a close-up, by the way. Um, I don't remember a head to the chainsaw. I remember a head katana. There was a head chainsaw when the first time you see the chainsaw used. It's strangling the sheriff, and then a chainsaw comes from behind and saws the guy's head in half. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, well, it's good. that's good. Cause <laughs> it's okay. I looked away a lot. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah you know, when you hear the chainsaw going, just don't look. Um, good use of katana, though. I like it. Old Man with a Katana is a wonderful thing. Uh, but yeah, it was great seeing the story told from this point of view, but it's one of those things where I don't know if I should tell people, and then somebody will just say to me, you recommended this movie, and it, it gave me nightmares for five months. So <laughs> that's the only reason why I'm putting, away, uh, put it off, putting it off. rather. So do, do you have something hopefully less violent to recommend? Uh, I don't know that it's less violent, but wow. I just saw a dance compilation on Facebook, mm-hmm. 
that indicated that there will be an Umbrella Academy season two. Okay. Uh, I really like the Umbrella Academy. I think I've um, recommended it here before. I'm recommending it again. Check out Umbrella Academy. It's a show on Netflix. I think there are ten episodes. It stars Juno. Her name is not Juno. Her name is Ellen Page. And a bunch of other sort of uh, diverse actors and actresses. She was in Primates, from what I understand, as well. Uh, yes. There is a chimpanzee, and he is a starring level. Okay. Uh, I really liked it, although it when I finished the season one, I was like, oh, this shares the exact same plot as a different thing that also was released fairly recently, which I will not say, so that if you don't know, I won't spoil it for you. Uh, but I enjoyed the watch of it, and uh, Mary J. Blige is in it, oh, which really? I think is very cool. That's yes, strange. I was like, this is wild casting that I would never have thought. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she wanted to act, but she's really good, and she stars, she is partners with the giant dude that plays Ed Kemper in uh-huh. Mindhunter. Okay. So, What's the gist of the show? It's super bad. Okay. It's a bunch of powered kids are adopted by a rich dude and made into a superhero team, and he is, you know, deeply abusive because rich dudes, that's how they be, and they have separated, and now they come back because their father has died, and then things happen. Okay. So, yeah, I don't want to get too into it. I think you would like it. But I also know that you were burned out on superhero stuff, I, and I, this is a superhero I was a pity because there was some, sh- there was, I really liked Raising Supergirl. Raising Neon, we started, I, and you were yeah. like, I just can't, I don't I have I like Supergirl, right I haven't seen it in ages, I liked Black Lightning, I just couldn't. It's, it's it, a I lot, got it's power fatigue. oversaturated on it, and I couldn't follow it anymore. It's yeah. like, oh God. Which is a, a bummer, because I do mm. want to finish watching Raising Neon, I really like the idea of that, and there's that uh, Fast Color, uh-huh. which is a... Like a three generations of black women with superpowers, right. and I'm like, and I still yeah, this seen... is the stuff that I want to. F- it's a lot. Yeah, it's I haven't a lot seen now. it. So, so, so if I'll you are not totally burned out on superpowers, Umbrella Academy Netflix, the second season starting in June, so you've got excellent amount of time right now to go ahead and catch up on season. Right. One. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Next week, episodes five and six. Of nightmares and dreamscapes. Once again, those are called The Road Virus Heads North and The Fifth Quarter. I don't know. Road Virus Heads North. Yes. These sound like non sequiturs. Yes, well, that's fine. <laughs> and in the meantime, if you have questions, comments, concerns, you can reach us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at latecomerspod. We are on Facebook. You can just search Latecomers Podcast up search. in the search bar. Hunt, hunt, hunt. I remind you to take your medicine, and we remind you better, better late than, late than never. never.